0: You to say we need another Malcolm, we need another Martin, we need another Huey. That's not the case. Their jerseys are retired. They came, they demonstrated, they were clear about their assignment. That's an example. Mm. And anytime you have one, one of us moving like that, when you look at the data, if you pay attention to the data, anytime you have one, It's an easy target. Mm. We can't win the championship with one, but we can win the championship if every individual that look in the mirror understand that I play a part.
1: Welcome to hardly initiated where real men talk real, shit. and today you are tuned in with Tyshawn Jackson and my guy Ryan Ketchens.
2: I'm gonna have a permanent uh smile on my face with this one, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, this is big, man. We let's listen, listen if there was like a Mount Rushmore of masculinity, this brother would be on there, <laughs> Agreed.
2: okay? Agreed.
1: We got an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, we got a father. We have, uh, I mean, a community advocate. We have a leader here, guys. We have Beyond Win on the platform here today. Beyond, thank you for joining us, brother.
2: Welcome to the show, man.
1: Thank you for having me. Listen, me and Ryan, when we first started this show, actually, when we first came up with the idea of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to speak on, we knew that this was going to be one of our guests. We, we knew did. it. <laughs> we was like, yo, we we can't bring him on too early. We got to make sure we get our shit together first, right? We got to make sure we get a flow going. We get
2: the set right. We know, you know, we get an identity for the show. You know, we we, we have in mind some, some, some crispness to what we're doing already.
1: Absolutely. But we know how powerful this brother is and what he's going to bring. So I'm super excited for this episode here today. As a matter of fact, Beyond, can you go into a little bit more depth about who you are? Depth.
0: <laughs> Again, I'm Beyond Wynn, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, a real estate investor, business owner, a father, author, coach, and just excited about life. You know, every day that coach puts me in the game, it's an opportunity to
1: win a championship in my life, every area. Every single area. Yeah. And, and, and actually, Beyond is now a resident of the city of Atlanta. Is that, that's the situation now, right? Like 50-50. Like yeah. 50, 50, he giving 50, away 50, the
2: secrets 50. now, Beyond. you gotta be careful with him, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what that means is he got multiple residences all over the place. That's what that means, guys. If you, if you don't understand what that is. But, um, man, it, it, it's a blessing because the way I actually met beyond myself was one of the dopest things that I've seen. So, this is one of the brothers that I would consider to be relationship rich.
2: Oh, most certainly.
1: Right, like relationship capital, he's absolutely rich in it. And, you know, he wanted to put his sons on you know, some new game. So what he did was he made a call, right, got in touch with us. And first off, you know, I don't really like, you know, too many disruptions in, in my business or my operation. Right. But I was ready to shut that shit down when I heard that Beyond wanted to come into an, our operation and see what we had going on on the inside.
2: And Tyshawn is anti-coach. Like, he doesn't want to coach anybody. He doesn't want to spend time teaching anybody. He's just like, yo, yeah, let's get this money. We focus on the rest later. <laughs> we
1: we'll focus on the rest later. That, that, that is true, you know, in, in some aspects, especially when it comes to coaching real estate and wholesaling. But man, it was so powerful because this brother came down to Atlanta with his sons, right? With two young black men. And we spent the day together walking him through every aspect and corner of our operation. And, you know, that night, it didn't really hit me till that night. I thought about how powerful that was. Mm hmm. I thought about how powerful it was to have, you know, a man in your life, you know, that, that's your father, to have access to that can, you know, put you in position, right? Not really give you no money now because he didn't give his sons a damn thing. What he did was put his sons in position to see how, you know, you know, guys who were operating at a high level in that space were moving and gave them the opportunity to now do the same. And man, that that was special. And, and and I got a lot of respect for you for that, Beyond. Thank you. A lot of respect. And um, I know you say this all the time about your sons. You say I'm not building this legacy for my kids. You say I'm building this legacy with my kids. I actually I think that's the exact quote, ain't it? Correct. Okay. T- tell me a little bit about that. What, what I mean, what what put you in that mindset?
0: So. So I'm the kind of person that I question everything that I was taught. I question everything that they taught in schools. And so when I, when I look at the things that were taught and the things that people follow, I ask myself, who came up with that? How did they, came, how did they come up with that? And do it fit what I want to accomplish in life? So when I think about legacy, the people that I got examples from, the people that I grew up with, their parents left them assets. And what will happen is they would lose those assets in like record time. They would lose those businesses or sell them because they were not interested. So when I think about legacy, it's about my name living forever. And so when I ask myself, what's the best chances of my name living forever? Like, how can I make sure that my name lives forever? So I was like, Hmm, if I work, if my kids work with me, like we, we work together, I don't give them anything. I teach them the, the real estate game. I teach them about investing. I teach them about assets. We buy assets together. We build assets together. We manage assets together. What's going to happen when the guys call me home or when my, when my jersey is retired, when the coach takes me out of the game? When the coach takes me out of ga- out of the game, and my kids are still here, they are never. They will never forget the plays that we ran together. That's legacy. When they have kids, what will they do with their kids? They're going to do the same thing that I did with them. They will never forget. And so I had never heard that before. It was me looking at the data, like y'all saying, "Wholesale." Right, right. Like <laughs> you, you look at the data. When I looked at the data, I came up with what legacy meant to me and what would give me the best opportunity for my name to live forever. And so it's actually building a legacy with my kids and not for them because people don't appreciate free. Mm, that's you, true. You, like I stood in the free lunch line because we didn't have no food at home. I didn't want to stand in the line. I wasn't excited about standing in the free lunch line with, you know, a hundred people on the line you know, the prettiest girls in the neighborhood, seeing me standing that line for free.
1: I did that because I had to. Right. And so it made me move through life different. And, and just curious about that in your life, did you have your father growing up, you know, no. when you came up?
0: No. No, my father was absent. And so that was another thing that, that was embedded in me. I can remember as a kid playing catch in my yard by myself.
2: That's crazy as hell. I'm even thinking about the visual of that. you like throwing the ball up.
0: Yeah, yeah. that was real. Like playing catch by myself and seeing other people with their dads with them being active participants in their life. I just heard stories about my father. And so I knew that I was going to do something different with my kids. I got seven kids. So my goal was to keep my kids together by any means necessary, whatever it took. I was in different, in and out of different relationships with women, but what was in stone was I was going to keep my kids together no matter what, even if it forfeited my relationship. I was Mm. taking care of my kids. I was claiming my kids. Like, it didn't matter. And so when I watch guys not claim their kids because they're in a a relationship and it's going to jeopardize their relationship, that's weak to me. Weak. Mm. That's weak. Like when we talk about the problems that we have in America, us as black men, one of the main problems is black men not taking care of their responsibilities, not raising their kids. They get mad at the woman, and then they turn their back on their kids. That's weak.
2: And we, had, a real men wouldn't do too. that.
0: Real men don't do that. Yeah. And so for me, I knew that it was. It's that's a non-negotiable. Like I would like. All relationships, like I was willing to be done with all relationships, but I'm taking care of the baby,
1: period. You know, we had Ramon on here. He said the same exact, yeah. like he, he went hard on that point. So you guys share core values in that area, which, which I love. But, you know, one thing that's 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 that sucks for us and, you know, men that do not have these fathers in place is you really don't have a healthy blueprint of what that looks like. So, like, how did you figure out, with seven kids at this point too, like how did you figure out? what that role looked like.
0: I think in life, before we got here, we were equipped with something special. It's, it's something special. I can't really describe it, but we, were, we all are equipped with something special. And you feel it when you, you're a kid, you, you're in first grade. You feel, and what I mean by that is when the teacher asks you what you want to be, everybody jumping for joy feeling overjoyed, like, like, call me, like, Mm -hmm. I want to build planets, I want to build a space station. You feeling like that as a kid, right? By the time you reach 12th grade, that energy is replaced with something else. Now you just want to get by. You just want to get an apartment. You willing to settle for less. What happened? What happened was the school basically suffocated your genius. The school basically took away your creativity. And program you to depend on something outside of you, depend on somebody directing you versus you using your genius and your creativity. If, if our father is the creator, what does that make us? Like we are all creators, right? but we got programmed to be consumers and, and, and workers. Mm. So I say it all that to say that if nobody taught us anything, Nobody taught us anything, and we we start to go inside, and we we know beyond any reasonable doubt that God programmed us with something special. We could figure it out, we could feel it. You could feel, like when you walk into a room, you, you feel whether it's positive or negative. You have a conversation with an individual, male or female, you know in about 10 minutes, in about 10 minutes, if you want to stay connected to that individual or not. You know when you look at the data in your life, when you look at the relationships in your life, you know from the beginning you could feel or see the signs with this individual that tells you if you should stay connected or you shouldn't. But what we do as human beings, we override the signs. We continue to override the signs. An emergency just don't happen. Your your engine in your car just don't go out.
2: It's a build, a gradual buildup of other things. The oil
0: light been on for two months (laughs) and you ignored the the light and then the engine Mm. go out. And so when you're talking about being a a father, first of all, I knew what, what I wasn't going to be. And that was like my father absent. Mm. So I knew what not to do. I knew what I wanted as a kid. Like my father being absent, my mother struggling, me getting abused at home, bullied at school. So I knew, experiencing those things, I didn't want my kids to experience those things. So I knew that the most important thing was me showing up in my kid's life, whether I had any money or anything, because when I was a kid playing catch by myself in the yard, I didn't care if my father pulled up to, to give me a gift. I just wanted them to be present. So I knew that that was important, me being mm. present. And then the rest you you, you figure out. It's like with anything else. It, again, uh, things have been put in place to, to distract us, suffocate our genius, so we don't think. School don't teach us how to how to think. Right. School teaches us how to depend on somebody else. That's why people believe I'm gonna work to I'm fifty five, and then it's you know, something magical gonna happen after that. Like, no, that's by design. Society wanted us that way. When you talk about Andrew Carnegie, the Rockefellers, the reason why they funded the school system is so they can create a gap between us and their families and kids. And they wanted us to work. They used their creative genius. They
2: build a global to, staff.
0: Come on, think about yeah. it. They used their <laughs> genius <laughs> to build all of these different things, and then they created a system, a plan, and program for us to work and build it. And then our kids followed that and their kids follow the blueprint that they laid. That's because we've been tricked outside, thinking that it's an outside game. It's an inside game, inside game. And so as we go inside, everything we need, we have it to be able to navigate through life. You know if you're treating somebody wrong because it don't feel right to you. You know if you're treating somebody good, it feel right. It has a, a positive effect to it. The feeling feels good. So, so you know it. We know it if nobody tell us anything. You can feel it. See,
2: I, I, I typically hear the OGs talk about feelings and the emotions that come with decision-making and, and rational thinking, and th- these things like that. But it's, I, I think it's very difficult for young men to, to have control over these emotions. So I want to talk to you about that. Like, what do, you, what do you do or what do you practice to make sure that you're in tune and comfortable with your emotional side?
0: I practice, <laughs> I practice every day when, I'm, when I encounter something that challenges me and so it's an opportunity to practice because everything that we commit to we're going to get a test right after whatever it is that's true <laughs> you, whatever it is we commit to we're going to get a test right after that's you, real if yeah. you pass it if you pass the test you got a testimonial so it's like damn. working out I, I never thought about that <laughs> yeah. on, <laughs> that's a good one damn <laughs> it's like working out you don't you don't get strong first you you're weak you start out weak and then as you continue to show up and commit then you get strong. So it's the same thing with emotional intelligence. Like it's practice, and I'm still practicing. Every day that we wake up, we're going to be under construction and practicing and getting better and stronger. And so reading helps a lot with that, putting, you know, putting positive things in, listening to positive things, and just wanting to, to be more. When you, when you decide that you're going, you're going to grow through life and not go through life, you focus on things that's going to help you grow, become better, more, so you can add more value, so you could lead the way. I know my kids watching. Like, that's my team. And I know that God put me in the game, coach put me in the game to lead my team to a championship. And so that's on all levels. I know that they watching. So I'm showing them through my actions, through how I move through life.
2: That makes sense. And and one of the things that you really learn from the OGs when you speak to them is that it's a marathon, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I want the audience to understand that beyond had a very interesting, you know, you got a very interesting background. And um, <laughs> I want to talk about that, too, because I think we when we shared dinner, I'm like, I'm looking at you and I'm asking you a question. I'm like, damn, this dude is like very intense.
1: Intense as hell. It's
2: yeah, super intense. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I asked you a question, it was even one point where I was thought that you may not have heard me ask the question. And what I realized is that, oh, this dude really is thinking.
1: It was silent yeah, for was about silent. 10 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he came with a response, a well-thought-out response. And, you know, I, I think that does say a lot, but I, but I want you to go into your question.
2: Yeah, it, it, and, and I was like, you know, you, you really reminded me of, of of a guy that's, like, had some kind of experience. Like, I know that you've been through some shit. I think it was at Houston. You mentioned that you had, a, I think you called it a sabbatical. <laughs> A sabbatical, I think you said it Which was. Which went
1: over my head at first. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I
2: had to explain, <laughs> explain that to him, what you was referring to after mm-hmm. dinner, by the way. But it was a sabbatical, I think you said, county, state, and federal. So so I actually want to address that because it's a lot of guys who are experiencing this turmoil and think that they're, they they are can't come from the bottom. That is not somebody who came from a situation that they came from. So I want to talk about what, how did you maintain, you know, uh I guess this – this intent to still keep up with your family and still do all the things that you want to do, even though you were going through these troublesome times in your, in your personal life.
0: First of all, I made a, a promise to myself that no matter where I woke up at, I was going to make the best of it because where I come from on that journey, I used to leave the house knowing that it was possible. I wouldn't make it back home and I was fine with that. And so Early on, again, I made a commitment and promised to myself that no matter where I woke up at, I was going to make the best of it. Most of the time, what people do is they believe in God until something bad happens, until they make a bad decision and they catch up with them. Then they stop believing in God. They go to prison, they don't believe in God. But you made the decisions and choices consciously to do the things that you knew wasn't right. And then now you don't believe in God because you were in prison. So for me, that's a cop-out. And I would never cop-out. I would never back down from a choice or decision. And I always taught my kids to stand firm on whatever choice and decision that you make. So that's what I continue to do. And I say that to say that when I was on a sabbatical, just because I'm on a sabbatical don't mean that my responsibility to take care of my kids is alleviated. No, that's still my responsibility. So even on a sabbatical, I still have to take care of my kids. I still had to pay for my son to go to school. That's not his mom's responsibility by herself. I, we, both, we both made this, this child. So I'm always looking for solutions because I know that we are equipped with solutions. And solutions will add value to your life. Solutions help you. Solutions serve you when you become Mm. an individual that focus on solutions. And when you look at the opposite, excuses. Excuses don't serve you. Mm. Excuses make you weak. Excuses keep you comfortable. Excuses attract more of what you say you don't want in your life. I know that because I used to make excuses. But guess what? I got tired of the feeling that was associated with excuses. Like it feels weak. And I'm like, nah, I'm not weak. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you have a choice. You can decide to be weak. You could decide to be strong. You can decide to be successful. You could decide to give up. You could decide to keep going no matter what.
2: That that's actually very shocking to me. So you, you still maintain a relationship with your with your family?
0: Absolutely. Wow. A- absolutely. Like wow. all my kids would visit me. And so <laughs> yeah, all my kids would visit me. And so I can remember being in the visiting room having Conversations about life, having conversations about the decisions that I made that led me to prison and standing firm on them. And right. I looked at it like it's a, this is a teachable moment. Like I'm in prison, I got all my kids sitting in front of me. This is a great opportunity for me to teach. You're right a real now. one. <laughs> You're a real one, it's, yeah. Because here's wow. the thing people, where a lot of people mess up with their kids is they want their kids to think that they're perfect. Mm. Mm. And so if you, portray a perfect image to your kids, guess what's gonna happen in the real world when your kids experience things? They're not gonna to talk to you about those things because you're perfect. So they're gonna be uncomfortable with talking to you. So now they're gonna get involved in if it's if it's a if you got a daughter, she's gonna start getting involved with the wrong guys, looking for love in all the wrong places, being misled. If it's a son, he may do the same thing that I did. Looking for love in the streets, join gangs, selling drugs, et cetera. So I want them to know that I'm not perfect. I'm not here to be perfect. Period. And I want you to be able to come talk to me. And you're going to be able to talk to me because you're looking like, I know he ain't going to judge me. This dude been in detention <laughs> right. home, state prison, <laughs> federal prison. Like, so I always wanted to you know, be real with my kids and, and really be a person that they can come to and talk to no matter what it was. Because I done done just about everything that you, you can think of. But that's the best way that we can help our kids, not portraying his image like we perfect,
1: like we're imperfect beings. That does make you more approachable. My, my number one mentor, man, beyond you, honestly, remind me of this guy. My mentor. Who's that? Um, Coach Mo. Coach Mo, yeah, he's cool. Pops. He's been a man that has been to prison. He's been in the military. He's, he's coached, you know, like generations of, of, of young men. Um, he's been a business owner. He's been a school teacher. And, you know, when you have that, that, that spectrum, you know, that background, your, your perspective, you know, is, is one that is not holier than thou. Right. It's very relatable. And, and you see the world through a, uh, you know, a lens. And, you know, you can the feedback that you can give to the, to, to a range of people, mm. really to a range of people is so special. And I agree that, you know, parents who really bring themselves, who, who open up, because I think that takes a level of vulnerability mm-hmm. to not be perfect, because as a child, you see your parent as a superhero, you see them as this person on this pedestal. So, you know, it, I think it takes a level of vulnerability to kind of show them that, no, I'm, I'm not that person, but, you know, here's the game, right? And, 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 and I, 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 I see you as that person, man. I really do see you as that person. I see you as a phenomenal father. But, with, you know, with seven kids, like, is it, is it realistic to say, like, can you really give yourself your fullest self when you have seven kids? I mean, is, is, is some kids getting left out of the love or left out of, of the game or the teaching when, you know, it's, I mean, because your, your cup, your cup got to be full, I'm imagining <clears throat> to give at that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, at that level. But, t- but talk to me about that.
0: I think that, first of all, it's seven kids, five different women. So it's not under one, one household.
1: Mm. Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. So, uh, so h- h- how, do, how do we manage that? Like, how did you manage that?
0: It wasn't it wasn't a, a plan. And again, I think that certain when certain things happen, you just you just move. It's not a role that, that I prepared it for. It's something that, that happened and I adjusted. So it's simple. It it's something that happens and you adjust. Like you don't it's like having sex for the first time, right? Nobody teaches you how to have sex.
1: Right. You,
0: you figure it out and you adjust and you keep adjusting. So it's the same thing with, with parenthood. That's a good point. Like, you keep adjusting. And different kids are going to need different, thing, different kinds of attention. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with being in school. Everybody don't learn at the same level, at the same time, at the same pace. So it's going to be different. And so you just pay attention to
1: the uniqueness in each child. Mm. And as it comes to, you know, raising young men in particular – is there like, is there this one thing? Like, what would you say is that one thing that you have to instill in your young, as as a father raising, you know, young men?
0: That it's okay to be vulnerable. That it's okay to show emotion. Now
1: it's health, okay. To,
0: it's okay to cry. It's okay to say that you need help.
1: Mm. All things, all things we struggle with.
2: Yeah, now, I think it is some guys out there crying and saying they need help, but I, I would assume it's, it's a proper way to do so, right?
1: Proper.
0: I don't know about that. When you, when you get to a place where things just overflow, I don't think it's a proper way mm. to, 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 to address it. I don't think it's a proper, proper way. That's why it's so important to be intentional about building and maintaining great relationships. So you have those relationships that you can, you can lean on when you come to a place of, you know, turbulence and you, you, know, you can't deal with it and you need some support.
1: Yeah. And, that, I mean, that, that does make sense. And, man, that's, that's so true. We do struggle with that. Um, I, I know that's one of my biggest struggles, just personally myself, like really struggling, struggling, being vulnerable. Um, and, and when I really think back, At it because a lot of times you look at the you know what you're struggling with now just just turn the pages backwards in your life and you'll see why. Mm -hmm. But many of the men in my life, like I grew up around a very macho culture, and you know it was a generally a a pretty anti you know emotion uh, culture, and um, it's something that you know I'm 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 still really suffering from now and and working on as a man. And you know women they're kind of women they have this ability to just naturally do a lot better, you know, with their emotion. And I, I, that's one side about you I really don't know about. You know, I know you said this, you know, you have five, you know, women that was taking care of your family or that was a part of raising your children. But how did they play a role in your life? Like, was it, first of all, at any point, were you ever married? I'm married now. You're married now? Wow. Now, yeah. And how long have you been married, by the way? Well, I believe seven years. Okay.
2: And you have kids from this marriage? No. Okay.
1: So, th- is this your first marriage? Yes. Wow. wow. So... Mm-hmm. So what was the point? And and by the way, how old are you, Beyond 47. 47. Okay. So you got married right at 40 years old. Yep. Okay. So when you chose to go ahead and make that decision, because you went ahead and got married, like what was your mindset with that? Because you haven't got married your entire life. You went ahead and pulled the trigger at 40. Why did you go ahead and choose or or decide that this was the time?
0: I'm an adventurer. I like to try different things. And so that was something that, I never even thought about like, I never thought about being married. So it was something new and I wanted to try. Oh, so you was mixing up the formula a little bit. Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: Yeah. I wanted to run a different play. And from your experience, because you've had a full life without marriage and without having that type of relationship and bond with a woman to now, right. how can you say that marriage has changed how you now move as a man, you know, for, for better or worse?
0: Definitely. It's, it challenged me, and it's still challenging at times because when, I, when, you, when you think about it with not being married, a lot of those things are, are fantasy. Like it's, it's – I wouldn't say that it's not real, but when you marry, it's accountability there. Like it's accountability. It, it it challenges you to become better. It challenges you, but especially me, a person like me. It challenges me to to learn how to communicate with a woman when before is like, I didn't. I don't really don't need to communicate. Like it's gonna be my way, and or, or you know what I mean like it's a line around the corner. So we don't <laughs> like like serious. So it's like it was never no no. No conversation. Like right. It's simple. It's like you, you, you fall in line or we're going to put you to the back of the line.
2: Now, is your marriage structure in, in the traditional way?
0: When you say traditional... Is
2: it monogamous, monogamous? Yes. Okay. And was that something that you had to, to take serious consideration when you... Because, I mean, that's a big change, right? You go 40 oh, yeah, years. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it's, like I said, it's still a challenge today. Like, to say that it's not, that would be a lie. Okay. So, like, no, nah, it's still a challenge. Like, it's, it's totally different from how my mind was set up and how I think things should be, especially when it comes to, I'll put it like this. Anything that the government put in place, I don't agree with it or okay. trust it. Like, <laughs> like, nothing about the government. Like, I trust nothing about the government, nothing that they put in
1: place. Like, I question all of it. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, that man, that's that's a good point. I'm 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 a very civil I'm I'm pretty anti-establishment myself. So, you know, I'm I'm actually doing some research to figure out exactly how I want my structure because right. I'm I'm still not sure. And, you know, as I look at Beyond, you know, he's he's not quite as, as in good of a shape as me. Definitely in better shape than Ryan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> get out of You know, here. so the
1: thing about it is I can imagine, I can imagine that right now it's tough. You know, because Beyond <laughs> got a brand, you know, he got some bread. The so putting presence, himself in yeah. that position, you know, it definitely opened up you know, some some new challenges in his life. And, and you got married at 40 years old. So at 40 years old, I know you were already well into your success yes. at this point. So you didn't, you know, now when you, when you got engaged in this new partnership now with this woman, you know, I don't think that's something we talk about. Like successful men, how do you protect yourself in that way? Like, was that even your mindset? Were you thinking, I need to protect my wealth? were you thinking I need to put some uh you know a prenuptial agreement in place or you know was this something like yo I'm I'm this is not important to me this is not going to end we just going ahead with a you know a straightforward a straightforward um you know agreement so
0: that's funny so with 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 this woman that wasn't even a thought mm-hmm. even though I understand that things could change and also understand that it's not a problem until it becomes a problem but I made up in my mind that if for whatever reason it, it didn't work out, I would be happy with whatever would make her happy when it comes to money, whatever that is. So I don't I don't I don't focus on that. And I know that it's an unlimited amount of resources. So that's not like so I'm not focused
1: on that. Like I can go get some more money.
0: Like, <laughs> like that's that's that's, that's the a good mindset. point. So. That, that's a good point.
1: OK, so so your mindset with just just in general, just. A man, if, he is, if he's successful and he's getting into a relationship, his focus should not necessarily be on the prenuptial agreement, but just making sure that the partner is just up to par where he does not have to worry about those things is pretty much what you're saying. No,
0: I'm not saying that. I'm saying for me specifically and for the woman that I have, my wife, my focus is not on that. And if something happens w- with us where we decide to grow our separate ways, I will be happy with whatever we agree upon as it pertains to, you know, cutting up currency.
1: That makes sense.
2: Now, so I'm thinking I'm, I'm 32 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So as I'm, you know, going through life, I'm building this, this ideal person that I would like to be with in the future. So with, with you, you know, having had the experience with already having a family, having a successful business, how did you go about qualifying your woman?
0: So I've been with, I've been with this woman for 20 plus years. Okay. oh wow got gotcha. twenty plus years off and on so it's like she's uh just an amazing human being so again I understand that sometimes you can get to a place where you grow apart mm. and so again when it comes to assets and currency that's not at the top of my that's not at the top of my mind like it's not and my mind is just wired different like I know most people's minds are wired to the stuff that they accumulated and that's the focus. My mind's not on that. Like like my mind's not on that.
2: Now yeah, I'm curious about that because you said you've been have been dating this woman on and off for, for twenty years. Yes. And as you know, so I got this auntie and uh, she used to date this guy named Doug, right? Mm-hmm. And she as long as I was growing up my auntie, this guy Doug was in and out of her life. Mm-hmm. And I never really understood that until I started getting older and I realized these women that you, you date, they come back. You know, so, you know, when you're dealing with this woman over this 20 year span, like what, like, how do you, I guess, educate the, these young men who are having these very emotionally hard time with letting these women go once the relationship has expired? Repeat that. So what what I'm, what I'm um, asking you, so you got these young men who are dating these women. Right. And they get into this point where the relationship for whatever reason has expired. And the men are going through this very emotionally distraught, you know, experience because this woman is gone. But what I try to typically explain to them is, hey, as long as you do, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, this woman will eventually come back into your life.
0: Or she may not come back. So that's <laughs> <why I can't, laughs> So that's why it's so important to focus on personal development and mindset. Because I used to, again, I looked at some data, and I asked myself, when I looked at these relationships, that I was in and the relationship would end, and I would be unhappy, no appetite, like all of these different things. And so I asked myself, I was like, hold up. You think God put your happiness inside of somebody else? So every time you get in a relationship, again, you're looking for something outside of yourself to complete you, you're looking for your happiness inside of somebody or some or object. And every time you lose those things or lose those people, you lost and unhappy again. That wouldn't make sense. So you have to build yourself up, like build your inside up as a place of refuge. Like, like that's yours. Somebody else, like that's not yours. Like people are not property. Right. Things will happen. Relationships will end. It's a, it's a part of life. So, that's what, again, that's why it's so important to focus on, you know, building yourself up day in, day out, personal development, building up your belief system, your, your faith system, and just understanding that nothing here is – everything here is impermanent. Everything. Like the, the, the business that you have, the cars that you drive, the houses that you own, it's impermanent. So – be in the moment. Live in the moment. Like enjoy that moment, with whether it's friends, family, the relationship. Like be in the moment. Like be in the moment. Like that's it. Like we don't own people. We we like this stuff that we think we own. Like we don't own none of this stuff. Like we right. here visiting. We down here visiting. So right. we we here to to create. We here to grow. Grow through life, not go through life have fun, experiment. Like, people don't experiment enough. Like, experiment. Like, you know, you want to go to Africa for a month? Go to Africa for a month. Mm. Like, whatever it is. You want to start a new business, something that you you, you never even studied? Like, start it. Like, the reason why God put it on your brain is because you can do it. You have the ability to do it if you believe you can, if you execute, a.k.a. run the fucking play. Like, that's life. Like, this whole box that we, we create and live inside of, that's boring. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not life. You're like, you're just existing.
1: And you you, you right about that, man. Like, the, I think, you know, man exploring, you know, this, this experience, like the, this human experience that we have and, like, coming down here and really exploring is a big part of how we develop and really find ourselves, you know, as, as men. And, um, you know, me personally, I, I just recently became um, single, at, at, at like, last year. Um, and it's crazy Because when that happened beyond I, I tapped into something different man. Lisa, I started doing things And moving in a way That I wouldn't have normally and traditionally And I, I started exploring And figuring out these you know, new aspects of, of my life and what I really want And even the direction I want to go And I even feel like I even crystallized my purpose um, Which is why we're moving in, in this direction And having you on this platform now So I, I think men really need to hear what That, that was like a major gem right now like, really exploring and knowing self first. And my problem is I think we we get involved in these relationships too early because I like the way Beyond moved with this marriage, man. I, I like this because I see myself doing something very similar. And, I, of course, all men are not, you know, not made equal and every man has a different path. We actually had an episode I'm going to send to you. It was, it was about marriage under 30. Mm. And I was, I, I mean, I am a big proponent. Like, I am no, by, no man needs to be getting married before 30 because i truly just believe that most men don't even know themselves by 30 like most men are not internally complete by 30 and we you know then have a bit of dependency on our partner you know when we bring him into our lives and that's why ryan is asking this question about how men should feel when they leave because they so worried about the damn woman leaving right because she was a part of them being whole so I, I mean, I I just you know want to go go back into that. That was huge. Now, you got some years on us, and you come from a different era and generation. So from you, the men that you've seen growing up, right, and the men that we've seen now, like, what's the biggest difference you see in these men in this generation?
0: What I seen growing up, I didn't see marriages growing up. I didn't I didn't see marriages
1: really. I, and I thought I thought marriages was was something I was. More powerful, like, you know, successful in, in the norm back then. It's in, in like depending
0: on where you was from. I saw pimps
1: growing up. Wow. Where you from, Beyond? Cleveland. Okay, so you grew up in Cleveland? Yes. Okay. And there was a lot of pimps in Cleveland? Yeah. They wouldn't – a lot
0: of them didn't have that title, but I wouldn't say pimps. I saw a lot of <laughs> a lot of men that I, were, I was close to had multiple women. Like, Got it. And they all knew about it. So that's what I've seen. Like, they had, you know – Papa was a rolling They, star. they wasn't pimps, but they was, they was pimping. Right. right. They yeah. was pimping, the verb. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. that, so that's what I seen. But I think it goes back to what you said. Men are so worried about losing a woman because they're using a woman to make them whole. Whole. And when you think about it, when uh, a man is looking for a woman to make him whole, that's how he get to a place where he want put to put his hands on a woman. Right. Hmm. Because those are emotions. He can't control his emotions, and he feels like he can't control her. So he had to put his hands on it to try to control her versus understanding, like, everything starts from here. You, everything starts from here, not you putting your
1: hands, like, like that's weak. 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 I agree with that, man. I, and I think, one um, thankfully, I've had – although I, I've had some really good mentors in my life because all the men in my life have always been anti you know putting hands on women and um actually one of my mentors put me on game and went as far as even telling me that if you have to control if you can't control her with your mouthpiece and you have to control her physically that just means that you are not in control um even of yourself and you know i'm I'm not really sh- I'm not really sure what actually I am sure what that is like it's really just a lack of mentorship. It's a lack of guidance out here. You know, it's a lack of information provided. And it goes back to how we're, the, the curriculum we're brought up on. And you made a good point, even coming out the gate, attacking the school system. Because me personally, I the one of the major reasons I'm holding out on having my children is because I want my kids homeschooled at least, at least up until that sixth grade mark. I want like those prime years. Like, I want the most fertile mind, and I want to mold it in those years, and that's expensive, so I'm, I'm, I'm holding off on that right now. <laughs> okay. So w- with you, know, knowing that and knowing that you were, you know, anti-establishment, you were not for the school system, how were you able to still, you know, make sure that your kids got those gaps that were, you know, that are not filled in the curriculum? Even, and by the way, were your kids, did they go to public school? Yes, sir. So how did you still make sure that they got the information they need to be complete, you know, as, as people?
0: Every time we were together, it was a seminar. Like that's when I first started doing seminars with the kids. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> I love that. So you would
2: bring them all together and you would teach them these life lessons?
0: Absolutely, every time. It's like if you talk to any one of them, they'll start laughing if you ask them the question because they used to hate it. But now mm. you ask them, it's totally different because when I, would, when I would pick them up at the time, it was, just, it was the five at the time, so I would pick them up. They would go to Home Depot with me to pick up material. They would go with me to pick up contractors. They would go with me to walk through properties. They would go with me to the title company, to the bank. And so we're talking about money. We're talking about real estate. We're talking about just life in general. And they, they would hate it. But mm. fast forward, they buying real estate, they you know they're in great position, they and so it's different now, so now they understand, but at the time they couldn't understand, but I knew that they would get to a place where they overstood
1: and see, I struggle with that, man, because I got a little brother and a little sister myself, and i'm I'm similar, like you know when I get around my little brother and little sister i you know I feel like I know all the answers of the stuff they're going through right. and and i I kind of do, right? Like, I'm, I study life, because you know? Because
2: you've been there and done that. Because
1: I've been there, I've done that, and I, I can get pretty preachy, like, around my brother and sister. And I feel like they, they kind of tune me out sometimes. Like, I feel like they're all hip, here go with the shit, right? Like, they kind of have this mindset as I speak, and I feel like sometimes I'm speaking in vain. But what you're saying is keep speaking.
0: Absolutely. I, keep speaking and keep demonstrating. Because kids, they don't hear 90% of what we, what we say but they see and remember 90% of what we do. So mm. just making sure that the conversation lines up with the actions that you're taking.
1: So to do as I say, not as I do, that, that don't work? No, nah, like nah,
0: because they, they'll never forget it. And like the same thing like with me and my kids and even with my sons working out and my daughter too. My son, my oldest son, Brian, he couldn't do one push-up or one pull-up or a dip. Now, mm. today, he works out more than I do. Yeah, I can't
2: believe that. I wow. can't even believe but, it. Like, how yeah, did it happen? It happened because
0: <laughs> I continued to demonstrate. Mm. Not only talk to him, but I continued to demonstrate. So, he can't unsee what, what I was putting down. He can't unsee that. Since he's been on this planet, he's watched me work out. Is it a coincidence that he works out five days a week now? Is it a coincidence that his little brother works out five days a week now? He wasn't on board at first, the youngest son. Mm. But what happened? He continued. He see his brother working out consistently. Then it rubbed off on him. It was the same way with real estate. The my youngest son, he wasn't interested. He wanted to be a rapper. Mm. And then he kept seeing his brother show up, seeing his brother buy properties,
1: he seeing his brother getting these checks.
0: Mm.
2: Now he ready to get money too.
1: Correct. Mm. Man, that's important, man. It's, it's, it's important. I mean, you, you are who you're around. And a lot of times, you know, our family structures are just not strong. So we got to go outside of our families to get around some strong people and pick up those habits. But th- that's, the be- that's the beauty of having a strong family, because imagine if the family was the strong community. Like, imagine if the family were the people that you can get those habits from. Right. And
2: you regularly get in fellowship with the family at dinner and, 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 and hanging out on the weekends and, and doing, doing things together.
1: You ain't gotta go on YouTube yeah. to get motivation. You know what I'm saying? Imagine, right. imagine that. Imagine if you, imagine if you don't gotta do all of these different things to to, to get access to the resources that you need, and and that's what really you know strong. Uh, one of the biggest problems in our community is because we have to go outside of ourselves so so often, because we don't internally have this. And us young men, like young men, we crave especially community, which is why if yeah. we don't have one, we'll find a gang, right? We'll find a fraternity we Will find some form of a community to get that
2: love and 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 you know
1: to get that fellowship in in whatever shape, way, shape or form. And see when I when I think about you, Beyond Man, I, I see a man who I know for sure you are purpose driven. I know it because it's not money with you. You're not mm-hmm. you're not worldly. It's it, that's not that's not what it is. So I, and we speak on that a lot. Like we speak on you know men staying on their purpose. You got to stay on your purpose. And I want to ask you personally, I want you to define, if you can, what you feel your purpose is, and, I, and speak on how you found that out.
0: Purpose. I think that it's just me continuing to live out the vision that God continues to give me and being an example. And when I say that, I mean, as I move through life, nothing is – is, is hidden. Like, I, I put it out there so people can learn in real time. And for me to continue to, to do that, like when people meet me in person, they quickly see that it's the same person that's on, on IG or Facebook. It's the same. I'm not a different person when you that meet me. That is true. I'm not a different person when you meet me in person. I'm the same person. I'm not attracted to people because they make a lot of money. I can care less how much money you make so I think that me coming from a place where I felt like I was lacking lacking something and doing certain things to fit in being involved in 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 gangs and drugs and just destroying my community to you know waking up and realizing that I'm here to stand out not fit in not be accepted God already pre-approved me and so getting to a place where I can feel comfortable with being a, being a man, right? Like really being a man, not having to do things that other people are doing to fit in. That's when I knew that I made it. I have no desire to fit in. I have no desire to try to connect because you know, you rich, like I can, I can care less about that. And so continuing to share that as I connect with, with people. And inspiring other people to do the same. Letting people know that the key to everything that you want, God already put it inside of you. It's not inside of somebody else. It's not inside of a car. It's not inside of these things that you think is. it's inside of you already. What you're craving, you already have it inside of you. But you got to cut off the noise so you can hear. You've you got to cut off the noise. you got to tune those things out. And so just continuing to get better at that. And being me wherever I show up at, the same person you hear on a podcast, the same person you see on social media, and being an example, like a real life example. That's my purpose.
1: Mm. And, you know, you speak on, you speak on, you, you like, you found this out, right? Like, it, it it came to you at some point, like, where, like, was it, it's, it almost sounds like it was almost like, you know, the light bulb went off, like... Was there like a specific moment you remember that that happened? Was it in prison? Like, was it after prison? Like, w- when did that hit you?
0: So, it wasn't in prison. the The last sabbatical was two thousand and ten, so it wasn't. It, so it wasn't. It wasn't there. Wait, wait, wait. That, wasn't that wasn't that long, that long ago. ago. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, so that was two thousand
1: and ten. Wow. So that was the
0: that was the last one. Two thousand and ten. You mean
1: you got out in two thousand and ten? I got out in. Yeah, I got out around
0: 2010, 11, something like that. Wow. 11. I got out in 11. Yeah, so that was just a – it was an opportunity. I looked at it like it was an opportunity, and I used it as such. But it came to me – I was around 30 when it – I was around 30 when it it came to me, when it got clear to me about – what it means to be a man, and what's really strong? like is it strong to visit some places that you know could turn into you doing life in prison? Is like is that strong? Is it strong to show people that I'm gonna go to whatever limit that you're willing to go to to get my point across? Is that strong? And so when I started to look at look at that and I started to look at you know some of my friends, or family members doing life in prison, proving a point. I told myself, like, that's not strong. Like, that's not strong, that's not wise. What's wise and strong is not putting yourself in harm's way. What's wise is having a conversation with a man about whatever issue that you may be having. And understand, like, that's not an issue. Countries go to war all the time. Thousands or even millions of people die and then five years later they on they on the news shaking hands.
2: Right. <laughs> they
0: shaking hands. Like millions of people died. Families lost. They shaking hands. Squashing beefs. So we don't have no beef. Mm. Like what are what are we talking about? Like we don't have no beef. America been doing this for years. Then they get on TV, they squash it because they know they need each other's resources to continue to elevate and grow. Mm. Why don't we understand that? Like how we can use each other's resources and information to continue to grow and build our communities, our families, create legacies and generational wealth. That's where it's really at. Like us understanding that. So again, as I looked at the data, I was like, oh, that ain't making sense. Me proving that I hurt you (laughs) by all means. That don't make sense. And then the energy associated with it don't even feel good. Me looking at you mean and tough, that don't even feel good. That disrupts everything that I got going on. It takes all of the positive energy out of you. Like it messes with your creativity. And so at that point I knew that I was done with that because that don't serve that don't serve me. It's wasted energy. And it feels much better to to speak positivity over my life, over your life, to demonstrate that we can work together, to demonstrate that what we thought was strength is actually weak. Like we've been programmed, that's been by design for the news and the system to make us believe that so we can be at war with each other instead of us growing together and changing everything that's been just like that. If we realize how far we can go together. If we start to use the B mentality, the ant mentality, us
1: together as a culture. Do you feel we're moving in that direction?
0: I think so. I think we could, we could move faster, but I definitely believe that we're moving in that direction. Like, I love that direction. Like, that's what I'm all about, like, period. Like, let's do that. Let's put our energy in that direction. Everything else is nonsense.
1: So what's the key? Like, what, what do you think it is at this point? Like, what's the, what do we need to do to make sure that we continue that, uh, uh, you know, in that direction or even speed it up?
0: I think every individual looking, looking in the mirror and understanding that you play a role. Regardless of what the role is, every individual looking in the mirror and understanding that you play a role. When you look at sports, the people on the bench play a role. Like even if they are not on the court, but they that energy is needed. Right. Even the water boy, that energy is needed. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes with us, everybody wanna be the quarterback, but you're not a quarterback. Let the person that's great at throwing the football that got the strong arm, let him be the quarterback. You be the running back. At the end of the season, we all gonna get a watch.
1: We I mean a, a trophy. Right. <laughs> a, 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 a ring.
0: Yeah. So like like just understand in order to win a championship, we have to play as a team together, bring our resources together.
1: you know you know I think two men i think the I think the world is really waiting on on the men, too especially i I really do think we are the i mean we will put here to lead, you know we will put here to have you know dominion over the land and really you know drive the direction of where things are going. And you know us, us in particular. I'm hard, and I'm hard on men too, man. Like I'm, I'm hard on us. I feel like you know the we need to take hundred percent accountability of what the situation currently is. And when you saying look in the mirror, I'm looking. To, you know, I'm talking. I think that's us, especially. I'm not saying you know the ladies can't play a part and play a role, but I think it's almost in their nature, you know, to be helpers and play a role, especially as long as we can, you know, do what we have to do to be to earn the right to lead. And, you know, put them in position. And, you know, I, when I'm thinking about what you're saying about what we need to, 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 to advance us, I'm thinking, like, guys like yourself is, is a start. Because, like you said, we need just how it works with our children. We need to be able to educate them and teach, which is what you do. And then we need to back it with demonstration, And actually live it. So we need brothers out here doing both. And see, we are our brothers keepers. So when all of us get on the same page and we all start being able to push the same message, right, get on the same page, and then all are able to demonstrate this, you know, I I think that's going to be a big part about us, you know, being able to impact the next generation. Because this is like a generational war. We are actually fighting right now. And I love the way you put that. This is exactly what the country's doing. The the way these countries move politically is exactly, we we need to really watch that. And I I, I I think we're missing that. We're fighting the old war right now.
0: Again, I think it starts with every individual looking in the mirror and understanding that you play a role. We continue to say we need another Malcolm, we need another Martin, we need another Huey. That's not the case. Their jerseys are retired. They came, they demonstrated. They were clear about their assignment. That's an example. Mm. And anytime you have one, one of us moving like that, when you look at the data, if you pay attention to the data, anytime you have one, it's an easy target. Mm. We can't win the championship with one. But we can win the championship if every individual that look in the mirror understand that I play a part. I got a role to play. Now you can't target. You can't target 10 million people. It's impossible. So that's what we need. Every individual looking in the mirror understanding that I have a role to play. And we're not waiting on one person to show up. We're going to use those great men that came before us. We're going to use those great men as confirmation, as an example as inspiration to stand up. Even if it means death, we're
1: going to stand up. Period.
2: Yeah, I like that. That's an antidote right there. Yeah. I already
1: know we're going to clip that one and put it out. <laughs> I already know because that makes a lot of sense. We do have this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a wait for Jesus to come and save us mentality. Like this one man, this one savior mentality versus becoming. That's by design. When you look at,
0: Again, you look at the data, right? You look at the data. We've been programmed to wait on everything, wait to the afterlife to live a better life. Mm. Mm-hmm. We've been programmed to continue to tell kids they are the future. I spoke at a school and I was last and they was talking about the kids are the future and when I walked up there, I said, the kids are not the future. And, the, and the,
1: <laughs> I can imagine that, he just everybody, went over yeah, there went against like, what, what everybody said. <laughs> <laughs> What? And so
0: the principal was like, everybody paused. They was like, I said, and so the kids paused. I said, y'all are not the future. I said, if you all were the future, you wouldn't be here today. Mm. Like, coach wouldn't put you in the game today if you were the future. You wouldn't even be here. Coach is God. The game is life. You wouldn't exist if you was the future. Your time is now. So, again, that's something that we've been, we've been fed Right? And so we continue to feed our kids. And so what happens is when you tell kids they are the future, it gives them a false pretense that they have time. Yeah. Mm. I don't know mm. about y'all, but when I was a kid, I was constantly thinking, I got time. And so my teenage years went That's past. College. I'm 20. I'm thinking, I still got time. Like right. I could still play around in my 20s. I got time. But if I had been taught that the time is now, I would have been an entrepreneur. At 10 years old. I would have had a business at 11. I would have learned about credit at 12. Mm. Why do the Jewish community, why do they have Bar Mitzvahs and Bat Mitzvahs? Why? I think it's at 12 and 13 years old. But we telling our kids that they the future and they got time. Right. They starting businesses at 12 and 13 years old. We can never close the gap. Believing that the kids are the future. The kids need to understand and know the time is now.
1: Mm. I was just listening to Dr. Miles Monroe speak, and he spoke on that. He said, the oldest man in the Bible, I think he died at like 946 years old or something like that. (laughs) And it said, all it said about in the Bible is that he died. (laughs) Yeah. He said, all the people that impacted the earth, he said, they did not live long. He said, they lived efficiently. And the people that impact the earth the most are the ones who figure out how to live an efficient life. An efficient life. And to live an efficient life is to not waste time. It's to not be wasteful because we don't have time. Period. We don't I mean and damn. What think
0: about it. Just like that, we've been programmed taught to go to school, get good grades, go to college, leave college, get a job, retire at what age is it? Fifty five. I think
1: something like that, fifty-five, sixty, something like that.
0: Again, that's another one of those things. Like you wait till later. We wait till later. Why? To live. Why <laughs> they have all the fun right now? Like we wait until later. So again, you got to question everything that we were taught, everything that they say, everything that the government stands for. You have to question it.
2: It is a uh, like a very elite level of conditioning on us right now. But I think that exploration aspect, what you talked about, and actually seeking for more and more understanding will put you in the mindset to to do
1: more. And questioning. Yeah. I think I've always been like that myself by nature. I've always been one to just question things. And, you know, you have a lot of people that try to, you know, they, they try to, like, put that fire out. They try to damp that because that's dangerous. But, it, you know, if you are someone, you know, to question, I, I just... I really believe that your curiosity is divine, you know, is that curiosity you feel is really put in you. So that's something that we should embrace and we should not just accept these worldly things that's put in front of us. Because even, I mean, even if people have good intentions, I mean, even a lot of times our parents, I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. So the thing about it is I, I, I like, I like that aspect too. And here's, here's one thing I want to hit you with because man, we already at the aisle mark right here, but. I I wanna hit you I I gotta get some game up out of here before we go because um for for my guys out here that are lost, let's talk to the lost ones, the lost soul, because there's a lot of them. Right. What would you say to my lost brothers out here? What 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 advice would you give them to get back on track?
0: Advice to somebody that's lost. I personally don't think any advice will work if the individual isn't interested in being found. Mm. Like, you, we can say a lot of things, but only the individual that's ready to change, to become more, will receive what we're saying. Mm. It's like somebody on drugs... You could send them to Beverly Hills to, to, get, to get well, and a treatment center in Beverly Hills, like the best on the planet. But guess what? If they have on their mind every day that they can't wait till they get back to Atlanta or Cleveland to get back with those same group of people to continue that activity, it won't help. See, I knew selling drugs was wrong. But I had in my mind that that's what I was going to do, mm. so it was nothing my mom could do to stop me. I had to make a decision myself that I wasn't going to sell drugs, and so that happened later. Again, I looked in the mirror. I looked at the data. It's like, hold up, you say you love the community, you love the people in the community, you you don't like the system you saying the system, tearing up communities. Well, you're helping them. Mm. <laughs> and, so, and so that's when I stopped. Because that hurt. Like, the truth hurt. That's real. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but the truth do hurt. And so when I, when I looked in the mirror and I said that to myself, I was like, he's saying the white man this, the white man that. You on, you on 18. You're helping them destroy your community. Damn. And so that's when I, I stopped. I stopped selling drugs. Like, that didn't feel good to know that I was on a team with them destroying my community. Mm. So I had to make that decision.
1: Nobody can do it for me. So there's really no advice that we can give my lost, my, my, my lost brothers. They pretty much they have, have, to, have to.
0: They have to decide. Once you decide that you want change, nothing can stop you from getting it. Mm. Once you decide, nothing can stop you. Nothing. Nobody. You're going to find the information. You're going to catch a bus to, to the conference, mm-hmm. to, the, to the seminar. You're going to take all of the pennies out of your, your piggy bank. You're going to sell your Jordan 1s. Nothing can stop you.
2: That's actually nothing, what makes a They're undecided.
0: Period. Yeah. Like, nothing can stop you. Like, if you want to be fit, nothing can stop you.
1: Yeah. Nothing. Man, listen, Beyond, man, you you came in here and you really you you really tore it up, man. I, I appreciate every every gem that you dropped for us. And um, what I want you to do now, because I'm sure somebody somebody got touched by it, tell the people how they can find you, man.
0: You can find me on IG and Facebook at Beyond Win B E Y O N D last name Win W Y N N. And if you're looking for a great accountability partner, the greatest accountability partner on the planet, go download. My new CD, Run the Fucking Play, Inspirational Album. I promise you, you won't be let down. Run the Fucking Play, Inspirational Album on Apple Music, Tidal, and all other streaming platforms. That's yeah. a hell of a plug.
1: Run <laughs> the Fucking Play. Yeah. Download it. You need it. I got it. I love it. And again, first off, thank you so much again, Beyond, for giving us your time. You're welcome. And um man listen thank you guys for tuning in to Harley Initiated man listen like comment subscribe and tune into our next episode but we are out